My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to Storylines Live, the only podcast that explores the meaning and the power of the most important story in business. The one that answers why someone should buy from you, work for you, invest in you, or partner with you. This is the story that defines the very character and nature of an organization. At WordWrite, we call it your capital S story. In each episode, we feature guests who have great insights on business storytelling, who can share their experiences and key learnings to help you and your business do a better job of sharing your capitalist story to deliver remarkable business results. Today, we're honored to have Lisa Rahurik as our guest. Lisa and I have known each other for a while. We are fellow travelers uh, with an organization called True Space out of Denver, although neither one of us is in Denver, <laughs> which helps companies to grow. And we may talk about that today. But the main focus of Lisa's work is helping companies to crack that nut of the three most terrible letters in the alphabet, RFP. So many businesses must go through the request for proposal or request for qualification process in order to get work. And Lisa is the founder and leader of the RFP Success Company. Lisa, welcome to Storylines Live. Paul, I'm so excited to be here uh, to talk with you because I love what you all do and also just to share with your audience. So thanks for having me. That's awesome. You know, uh, one of the reasons that I wanted to invite you on is because you were so kind to have me on your podcast. Please tell our audience about your podcast. Absolutely. And you were a fun guest. We loved having you. Uh, we, My podcast is called the RFP Success Show, and we talk all things RFPs. Pretty simple. <laughs> now, now, you 
Like many of our guests, Lisa has a fascinating alter ego. Now, I'm in a band called The Altered Egos, but Lisa is also a multiple-time author. Would you please share with the audience a little bit about your writing? Yeah, absolutely. I have nine books now, um, and it's super fun. Actually, my first book, I'm going to tell this very quick little story. Yes, please. Yeah, I went to a tea leaf reader in the fall of 2013. And just so you know a little bit about me, I don't I don't really know that I believe in tea leaf readings, right? So I went with a lot of apprehension. And one of the things she told me was that I was going to write a book. And I said, oh, someday. And she said, no, quarter one of 24 or 20 of 14, quarter one of 2014. And I was like, you know, we were already in quarter four of 2013. I was like, well, no way. That's no way is that going to happen. And then in the beginning of quarter one, beginning of 2014, I got a call from somebody asking me to write a chapter in an anthology. So that's how my writing career started. I've got a few anthologies. I've got an ebook. Um, I've got a couple of fun pet projects and a couple of RFP books. So there you go. That's awesome. I had a very similar experience, Lisa, believe it or not, really? some ago when I was working with one of the larger a Fortune 1000 companies that we've worked with over the years. They brought in a speaker named Dr. Bertice Berry. She's a great lady. And um, we were working together. She was going to do a keynote talk and the CEO of the company was going to do one as well. I was writing his talk. And so we were working together to fit things together. And she said to me, when are you going to write your book? And at that point, I didn't even think I was going to write a book. And um, yeah, so Finding Your Capitalist Story, my first book, um, I'm also in an anthology called uh, Ready, Connect, Grow, which is an Amazon bestseller. But I'm a little behind you, Lisa. I got to catch up to you on. I have put writing a book on ice for this year. So there you go. Not in 24. Yes. And folks, Lisa's in Arizona. So putting things on ice is not that easy, right? (laughs) So Lisa, we always ask our guests on Storylines Live about their capital S story. And we like to find out for the audience, which of those four answers is most important to them where they are in their business journey right now. So for RP Success Company, is it why people buy from you, work for you, invest in you, or partner for, with you? Which most important right now? I would say, you know, it's, it's a tough question, right? Because a lot of it's important. And I think people working for us is always top of the, yes. top of the pile. But this year, um, you know, we're shifting things around a little bit. So right now we're, I would say the focus for 2024 is people to buy from us. Mm-hmm. So that's a big piece of our focus this year. Well, we are really going to dig into that, folks, uh, during the episode today, uh, especially after our midpoint break, because as Lisa's mentioned already, we really respect the work that each of us does. And I just know that if you are in a business where you ever stumble across that RFP beast, you need to be talking to Lisa about how she and her team can help you. Now, speaking of stories, which is the main reason why I started this podcast, Lisa, how does your story drive your success in your company? Oh, that's an interesting question. You know, I think that um, my story is very sorted, as probably most business owners' stories are. It was a long, a long journey to get here. I used to be in corporate America, and then I kind of went out with a business partner, and then I started my own business, and I didn't really know what I wanted to do in my business, and my business niche ended up finding me. 
based on my past. So mm. I was kind of marketing myself as a business coach slash consultant, and I can help you with anything, and uh, which we know never works. That's, that's, right. that's a good part of the story, right? But, um, you know, at some point I started getting phone calls from past colleagues. Hey, do you still do work with RFPs? And, you know, one thing led to another, and then I started testing it. And I feel like there was just um, a couple of key messages in that story is one, to stop pushing. And, and I'm a pusher. Like, I am an ambitious, I want to make things happen today kind of person. And sometimes you have to put that on ice, to use that term again. Um, and just let it come in, let the flow happen. Mm-hmm. And you know, every year we have to shift things. Every year we have to make some changes to either based on what our clients are telling us or based on what the market is telling us. And if we push, you know, there's a there's just this weird balance. If we push too hard, it just doesn't work. But you also can't just sit back and like eat bonbons and hope that it all comes to you. That's right. There's a little bit of both in there, right? So I've learned that throughout my story and my whole life story of trying to be what I thought somebody else wanted me to be and pushing to make it happen to now just saying, okay, let's, let's listen to my intuition a little bit. Mm. Let's take a deep breath and see how this plays out, but it doesn't have to be pushed so hard. Ah, that's great insight. I, I, you know, so many of us who start businesses are, are coached to really be pushy at the beginning. And, you know, on popular culture, the stereotypical uh, picture of an entrepreneur is somebody who is just pushy, 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 pushy. Now, that's not to say uh, that I I believe all entrepreneurs have this firm belief that they have, for lack of a better term, a better mousetrap. Otherwise, they wouldn't be doing what they're doing, right? Uh, But the, the concept of not listening (laughs) <laughs> and not, you know, ignoring everybody else is, it only goes so far. That's not really how life or business works, right? Uh, you probably wouldn't have a relationship with a bank or with uh, clients if uh, you didn't listen at least a little bit, right? Um, so obviously, at WordWrite, with our concept of the capital S story, we have a particular view on storytelling. One of the things I really enjoyed uh, when I was on uh, your podcast, and by the way, folks, we'll put that episode in, in the show notes along with all the contact information for Lisa and her company, was our discussion about storytelling. So I have a view of what storytelling is. I'd love for you to share your own thoughts on the importance of storytelling and what you do. Yeah, storytelling, hugely important. We talk about this a lot in RFPs, because when you're responding to an RFP, like it's not just about me and my company and our story, which makes us unique and makes, uh, that's our differentiator. At the end of the day, our stories are our differentiator, right? And it's what makes us unique and what makes people drawn to us. But also when we're helping our clients to create an RFP response, there's gotta be a story in there because that number, what I just said, it, it is what distinguishes you from every other competitor that's bidding on that. Sometimes there's only two and sometimes there's 30. How are you going to stand out? And it sits in your story about who your company is, what you stand for. So we're very big proponents of storytelling. And it's something that we preach to our clients and we work with our clients on all the time. You know, Lisa, I think of you so much because a lot of the companies that we work with 
are in the B2B space and, you know, we'll work with companies in architecture, engineering, construction. A lot of their work is driven by RFPs. And I remember a conversation we had one time, you know, you're not going to get into the room as a finalist with whoever's making the decision. If you don't have the right certifications, if you haven't met the technical aspects of the RFP, right? And then what does it come down to? I've got three companies in front of me. They could all do the work. The prices are, you know, what they are. Nobody's wildly out of whack or otherwise they wouldn't yep. be one of the three finalists. Then what does it come down to, right? Yep. It, yeah, I mean, it comes down to distinction is the yep. word that I use because, mm -hmm. you know, everybody's going to meet the qualifications. Everybody's going to meet the requirements. And if they and if they don't, they're going to get booted out. But that that just gets your foot in the door, right? That's the yes. line. And then how are you going to stand out to your question is that distinction and story is a really big part of that distinction. You know, there's some other things that flow in there, like how are you showing that your solution um, you know, ties to their need and how are you building trust? But a lot of that is through the story. And I just, I was just doing a training class yesterday. And one of the things that I said to them is, you know, think about when a re a good realtor, let me mm -hmm. that with that, a good realtor takes <laughs> a buyer to look at a house. They're guiding them through and almost holding their hand and telling the story of how this house is going to become your home. And they're directing you where they want you to go. And yeah. they're painting a picture for you. That's exactly what we want our clients. We want to do for our clients mm. to help build that same kind of guiding story that is going to build trust and help show that distinction at the end of the day. Well, that is awesome. Thank you for sharing that, Lisa. That is exactly what I was hoping you would share. Folks, we're going to dig into this more right after we take this quick break. Don't go away. Back with more from Lisa Rahurik from the RP Success Company here on Storylines Live. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Okay, folks, we're back here on Storylines Live. In this episode, we are gaining wisdom from Lisa Rehurik of the RFP Success Company on that terrible, terrible process of working your way through requests for proposals or qualifications uh, to get business. And, and Lisa, let's, let's start there. What's the difference between an RFP and an RFQ? An RFQ is generally a, a lot lighter. It's generally, um, sometimes it's them, it's the agency or the entity um, just looking for like, what would this even entail for us? What right. would it look like? 
um, would you be qualified, you know, what qualifications do we need? So it's a little bit of a test mm -hmm. um, where an RFP is really, they want a full on proposal. So the RFP is going to be a much, much longer document, a much heavier lift for this is most of the time. Um, sometimes states put out RFQs and it really looks like an RFP, but that's usually really the difference is one's just a lot lighter and the, the other ones. And that lot. lighter one kind of like gets you in the stable, right? Yep. Um, and once you're in the stable, you might later on be taken out for a ride, I guess, in the yeah. RFP process, right? <laughs> that might lean in, lead into an RFP. It might have just been a shopping exercise. Uh, uh, you know, you never really know, but just mm -hmm. know the RFP is going to be a lot deeper and more complex than the RFQ. Absolutely. So, Lisa, share with our audience how you and your team help companies through this process. Absolutely. So we um, we really become a fractional proposal team for, uh, you know, we work mostly with mid-market. We work with small businesses or mid-market tech companies. Mm -hmm. And the mid-market tech companies really were, were coming in and becoming their proposal team. They are companies that maybe don't have the need for a full-fledged, you know, it can cost like 250 to 300,000 to staff a full, a, a, even a small proposal team by the time oh, you have writers and managers and editors and things like that. Well, wow. We've got a whole cadre that they can just come to us. We partner with them, become their fractional team and uh, really get to know them over time. And we write and manage with their help a little bit, but we basically take the reins and get them the wins. Yeah, you know, not unlike what we do at our firm, where we'll, we'll be brought in by our clients, we have an expert storytelling team, and we're helping uh, folks, and we see many more of these uh, processes than our clients do. They have one story to share, right? Um, oh. Because we see so many, we bring our expertise to the table and help them get to where they want to go faster, right? So the RFP success team, really, you're seeing a lot more RFPs than your clients are, right? So you can bring all that best practice thinking to the table. Yeah, it, it really does make a difference to have the expertise. And I think sometimes with RFPs, for whatever reason, people just sweep that away and think, well, our salespeople can do it, or this administrative assistant over here can do it. You know, it's a real profession. And when you have the right expertise, just like you are, we can bring this expertise of like 20, 30 years from each of us, I have 30 years experience, our kind of uh, senior proposal manager has 20, 30 years of experience. We've seen it all. We see more in a year than most people and they're more diverse. So we can bring in that diverse uh, expertise and viewpoint as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the thing that gets me uh, about the RFP process is the folks who are making the decisions are looking for reasons to knock people out. Is that accurate? Um, yes. I mean, mainly because, you know, a lot of times, like we just had a client there, there was 30 bidders, 30 oh bidders. So if you think <laughs> of a quality evaluation team, you know, sometimes they break up the RFPs and only give them parts of it, but oh my gosh, these people have to look at 30 of them. And so, yeah, to find one that they're like, oh, this one made a mistake so we can just dump them and keep going with others. Sure you know, the, they'll do it. So, you know, it, it's one thing to be compliant, which is important. And also you have to have the right people to be compliant. But again, it's another to have the person that knows how to write for that distinction 
and also to capture the attention of the evaluators. We know how to do that because we've got so much experience with it that we know how to make sure that they're going to lean in and pay attention and right. we know how to help you build the trust. So you can't get that if you're just pulling somebody off the streets, it's a sales guy, or even if you just got, got one proposal person, they can't do it all in the right way to get you the wins consistently. Absolutely. It's just not the same process. Mm -hmm. So what gives you the greatest satisfaction in working with your clients through these processes? You know, definitely just watching them get the wins that they've struggled so much to get in the past. Um, we'll have people come to us that are like, we've never won one before, or, you know, we've got an okay win rate of like 50%, but if you think about going from zero to 50% or 50% to 80% or whatever that looks like, and you put and you quantify that in terms of revenue, and then you start to think about what that can do for somebody's business and how it can help grow their business or keep employees and employees don't have to get laid off. Like that just makes my heart happy, especially the small businesses. Like my heart, like, of course I love our mid-market businesses, but the small businesses, because I am one, right? Mm -hmm. And I have had a slog in my business and I felt that pain of not figuring out how to grow that it just makes my heart so happy when, when we get them wins and they get so excited. It's so fun. That is awesome. You know, we feel the same way in our team when we help our clients really get their story out there and it's crystallized so that they're attracting the clients that they absolutely want to attract. Yeah. Uh, what, you know, lots of people claim to do what you folks do. What makes you and your team different? You know, I think what makes us different is that um, we we really are very keen on meeting our clients where they're, they are and adjusting our process to help them. And, you know, if you look at some of the processes that some other companies use, there, it's a huge process. Like I remember one of the first conferences I went to, there was a, a company there that does what we do. And they had a process mapped out on 11 by 17 piece of paper. And it was like eight point font and it was crowded. <laughs> Probably really important to have that when you're dealing with defense contracts and those huge federal bids. But our sweet spot is state government mm -hmm. uh, in the SLUD space, which is state, local and education and helping companies that again, maybe don't have that expertise. So giving them a voice that maybe they didn't think that they had, helping mm -hmm. them through the process, but customizing a little bit to what they need versus us just saying, this is the process and that's the end of that. We also love to have fun. So mm -hmm. we get that from our clients all the time. It's like, oh, you guys are so fun to work with because it's not, it is not always fun, right? Like you've even used terms, the-, the Yes. I don't even remember what you said, but the awful RFP process. Yeah. Most Three people, worst letters in the alphabet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we want them to see the fun of the RFP process, which is the outcome, right? And get jazzed up about that. And, and hopefully we make it really fun and simpler for them along the way. Lisa, if I think it would help our audience if you could share, and obviously you don't have to use names, but just uh, uh, an example of a client's success that you feel is representative of what you folks do. Yeah, one of my favorite successes right now, her name is Melissa. We won't give away more than that, but her name is Melissa and she's a small business. And she came to us and she said, look, I've been working with another RFP consultant. I'm having horrible, like no success from that. 
And, you know, I just need to see, is this a viable thing for me or should I stop barking up this tree? Mm -hmm. And we have in the past 12 months helped her win three government contracts, sizable government contracts, one of which um, is my favorite one because not only was it the first one we helped her win and she was like, I just didn't think we had a chance on this. I wanted to bid because I wanted to, you know, get our feet in the door. But she was, her and her team were thrilled when they found out they won. But the secondary win was that they beat out um, three very large competitors that that she thought, we don't have a chance against these big companies. We, even one of them was mentoring her for a while. So it was a huge feather in her cap to win those, uh, that one in particular. And I think there was 30 bidders. That's the one I was talking about. There was about 30 bidders there. So not only did they beat out 29 other companies, three of them were big companies that have, you know, big proposal teams and a lot of resources and a lot of experience. And that is my favorite success story right now. Well, that's just awesome. Uh, helping clients to achieve the goal that they uh, most want from engaging with an organization like yours or mine is 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 really the thrill for me too. Yeah. Really like to see clients have that great success. Lisa, how can people find you? Yes, well, they can go to the rfpsuccesscompany.com. That's our website. We have some resources and tools and things out there. Me individually, uh, I'm on LinkedIn at Lisa Rehurick. There's not another one of me out there, so it's pretty easy to easy to find. And I'd love for you to connect with me and shoot me a message and let me know what some of your biggest challenges are. I'm happy to just have that conversation and connect with people. I love it. That is awesome. And again, folks, we're going to put all that info in the show notes so that you're able to reach Lisa and her team. Lisa, I really want to thank you for being on this episode of Storylines Live. I, I I know you and I are friends, but I've continued to deepen my understanding and appreciation for what you and your team do. And I really, it's been an honor to have you uh, on this episode. So thank you. Absolutely. Well, thank you. It's also an honor for me to be here. And I really love what you all do as well, right? There's some really great synergies. And so I think we think a lot alike because we know the power of story and and what it can do for other businesses. And I I love knowing you and uh, being able to share what you do with people as well. So thank you. Uh, Thank you so much, Lisa. I really appreciate that. And folks, really appreciate you listening to this episode of Storylines Live, the only podcast that explores the power and meaning of the most important story in business. The one that answers why somebody would buy from you, work for you, invest in you, or partner with you. We call that story your capital S story. Thanks for joining us for this episode. And we look forward to having you with us on the next episode of Storylines Live. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.